Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the show. This is the Millennial Millionaire Podcast, and I am your host, Stephen Cohen. This podcast is focused on bringing some of the wisest minds from across the globe to discuss concepts, strategies, and ideals that will lead them to be top performers in their respective industries and their lives. This show is for the millennials and millennials at heart to transcend their mindset, their health, and their income to the next level. We are so excited to have you on this journey with us. Welcome to the show. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a super special guest, one of my oldest friends, actually. I've known him since middle school, crazy enough, Mr. Shane Shapiro. Shane is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and head coach over at Syndicate MMA out here in Las Vegas. He and his brother, Jerry, are founder of Shap Bros MMA, and he's been a professional fighter since I've basically known him in middle school, before being a fighter uh, was cool. So super excited to really dig into his brain. And uh, thanks for being on the show, man. Course, Appreciate bro. it. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's crazy you bring up like us knowing each other since middle school, man. It's wild. You are definitely wild. the person that I've known the most that I've done a podcast with, which is, crazy. which is crazy, man. Time goes by super quick. Oh, yeah, man. Crazy. Yeah, man. It's, <clears throat> it's crazy you bring that up, though, because I specifically remember in middle school you and always being obsessed with MMA. And this is 15, 16, 17 years. We're both 30, 31 years old. So this is a long time ago. And you were an MMA fighter before being an MMA fighter was actually a thing. So can you walk us a little bit through that? Like what initially attracted you to the fighting scene, especially from such a young age? Yeah, um, so I started wrestling. Well, even before that, I started like, yeah, middle school. I wanna say maybe like seventh grade, eighth grade with my brother doing jiu-jitsu at, uh, at Cobra Kai. Um, so yeah, he kind of started me down that little path and obviously like my dad boxed and you know, I remember even even in like elementary, man, like my dad's house was like, you know, it was the house where everybody came to kind of box at and like if we had something going on in the street, like we'd meet up at my dad's house and like he'd move all the couches or move like all the shit in the kitchen and he would ref and like we, Settle would, just, it. we would just throw down, you know? <laughs> But uh, yeah, and then my brother started training, started doing jiu-jitsu at Cobra Kai, and then kind of brought me in, and uh, yeah, just love it first sight, man. You know, loved it ever since. There was nothing else I wanted to do, so it's very grateful I found that at a young age. It's inspiring, man, because there's not many people that I know uh, from high school, college, especially middle school, that has really identified a passion of theirs and a dream and has held on to it. And one thing I like about this show and the stories and the people that I have on is I believe we're dream chasers. I believe, you know, you get one life and everyone's different. For some people, it's MMA. For some people, it's to be self-employed, to be an entrepreneur, whatever your case is. But when you find that one thing that you just love so much that you would do even if you didn't get paid for, um, I think it's something special. Can you talk a little bit about how fighting and MMA and jujitsu and this whole journey has impacted your life up until this point? Yeah, I mean, it's it's my whole, it's everything. Like, it is my whole life with everything, man. I, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen, you know, I did a podcast with my boy Nick. Um, and uh, it was kind of just talking about my, my past and just me dealing with, like, drug issues and me going through all that. Um, but, yeah, me having, like, jiu-jitsu or MMA or just, like, a place where I can go and do something was enormous for me, you know, because I feel like a lot of people, and, and I'm just speaking in terms of, like, what I had to deal with growing up with just my own faults with drug addiction and shit like that. But if I didn't have a passion or if I didn't have anything to kind of fall back on, like I feel like that could have been a huge detriment to my life, you know, because I, cause I experienced like all the, I've experienced other people's battling what they had to go through with drug addiction and they didn't have like a passion. They didn't have kind of anything to fall back on. So I'm just very grateful that I kind of found this at a young age, and I, I, I've, I've had something to kind of, like, pull me back in when shit was getting too out of hand, you know, obviously, other, other than, like, my family and, and stuff like that, but, yeah, man, like, I'm, I'm very grateful that I've able to found a passion, and I was able to stick with it this long, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I appreciate you getting vulnerable and sharing that. There's so many people, you know, whether it's drugs or just mental health conditions, especially with social media and the comparison uh, epidemic that we're dealing with, mm -hmm. especially men, young men um, who are struggling with certain vices or certain challenges or mental health or confidence or addiction that don't have 
an outlet. They're going to a job they don't like. They're surrounded by people that tolerate them and don't appreciate them. So I think one of the things just from the outside looking in about MMA and jiu-jitsu is that brotherhood and that support system and having people around you that um, don't just say they want what's best for you, but they prove it in their actions. Exactly. Can you speak on how important it is for young men, young adults to have some type of support system, to have some type of tribe where when things get tough, as we know, which will happen, they have those people there to uh, to help them? Yeah, I feel like that's that's the most important thing, I feel like, with when, especially being young and dealing with, like, you know, for instance, just drug addiction, mental health issues, is having a support group, not even support, just having, like, five, you know, five people that you can depend on you know what's that like saying that you, you have like five you are the five people the you five hang around people the most. around you know what i mean like and that goes for everything man like if you don't have three four five solid people that you can like kind of like depend on or even just like when you're fucking up sorry i don't know if i could cuss my bad man but uh you fucking sure can <laughs> let's fucking go dude <laughs> um but just having four people that when you're go when they kind of realize you're going down a slippery slope to kind of catch you and be like yo fucking reel it back in you know what i mean like you're you're they know you better than you you know so it's important you know definitely to have that and i feel like a lot of younger men they they like you said they don't have it so it's like you know they they could potentially get their shit together for you know a couple months three months because i've done it you get your shit together for a couple months and you don't have anything to do life is kind of boring you don't have your support group so like what else do you do you go back to what the fuck you know and that's destroying yourself in whatever way that you know whatever way that you destroyed yourself in you yeah it's I mean? unfortunate so it's shitty and, and then on top of it like having <clears throat> i feel like young men get so caught up in like social media and what they think life is that it just like it spirals them down into a whole fucking shit show you know what i mean does that kind of make sense 100 like, they're looking at the highlight reel of what's not even true it's an illusion of people's best self and then yes. they're comparing themselves to something that's not even real and as we all know comparisons the thief of joy up or down 100 and uh mental health issues come and you find outlets and it's just super unfortunate yeah yep shane why why do you think so you know we we have mutual friends we obviously grew up similar together we weren't you know best of friends but we have a similar group of people Mm -hmm. that we associated with over the years over the last decade or so off the top of my head, you're one of the few people that come to mind of someone who found their dream, found their purpose, and actually consistently put effort into it and has become the person that they wanted to become. Yeah, yeah. When I think of a lot of my friends from high school, college, um, middle school, not many of them are doing something they actually enjoy. They're living for the weekends. They're working a job because they have to to pay their bills, which we all understand. But if you're not building towards something bigger, you end up getting stuck. Why do you think so many people, when you're younger, you have all these dreams, you have all these goals, and then as you get older, it almost feels like life kind of just kicks the shit out of you and you kind of conform to what everyone else is doing? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 good. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Um, I don't, personally, for me, I never wanted to like... Uh, I don't want to wake up one day and be like, fuck, man, I, I could have done something. Like, that's my biggest fear is waking up. And listen, I'm not perfect, man. There's a bunch of shit that I do or that I can still do that would benefit me in, in a huge way, right? I'm not perfect, right? There's, like like I said, I could I could be doing a lot of things more better. Um, But I don't want to wake up one day and fucking be like, god damn, man, I just wasted my whole life and I was miserable working a job I didn't want. You know, and unfortunately, I think I think people just get so caught up in like life. Life happens. You know, like we're all young. We all have dreams when we're younger, and then one day we we, we got a car. We're paying bills. You know, so now we got to kind of conform. You know, and get I get a girl pregnant. Oh shit! Yeah, and now you're stuck with this broad and, <laughs> and a kid you don't want. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. And 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 obviously, like fighting and jujitsu, like there's not really there's potential to make money. But I found something that I love to do, even if there's like not that much money involved, which like I said, there can be, right? And you can hustle and you can, you know, privates and, you know, running a jiu-jitsu program. And, you know, there's a bunch of ways to kind of make money, but you're not going to become a millionaire, right? Like that's just, it is what it is, unless you're like a Connor or you're a Sean O'Malley or you're one of these big guys, you know, fighting. But I think the most important thing is finding something that, is going to make you happy regardless of it, if it's money or not but finding something that's going to make you happy and you can do it every day man you know, yeah that's that, the biggest fucking 
thing for me. It's true fulfillment. You know, I've, I have a lot of business guys on this show or sales guys, right? That's, that's my background. But at the end of the day, you know, money isn't happiness. Happiness to me is having choice. It's being able to do something that you love and be able to impact other people, to be able to have a support group and be able to get mentored and mentor people. Because I believe that if you just spend your time and energy becoming better, helping other people become better in a space that you believe in and care about, the money is a byproduct. Right. You know, the you may not receive the actual monetary ex exchange yet, but if you keep building on a solid foundation of adding value to people and changing people's lives in your direct space, good things will happen. And I've seen yeah. it time and time again. I agree, I agree. And the biggest thing you said, man, was choices. I've said this to like forever now, right? And it's like one of my favorite quotes, but choices are the most important thing, important thing you can have in this life, right? Because there was a time, you know, and just going back to my past when I was fucking up doing drugs, I didn't have a choice. Right, like I, I did, but I'm saying in the in the in the way that like when I woke up, my whole life was about drugs. I had to wake up, I had to I had to find how to get it. You know what I mean? I had to get it, and then I was getting high. So I didn't have a choice to do anything else but that. So kind of when I got clean, you know, now you get back into regular life, like you get choices now, right? So the most beautiful thing in life, I always say, is fucking choices, bro. Having a choice to do something, right? Because like I said, there was one point that. Didn't really have a choice, you know what I mean? So I'm glad you brought that up, man. It's awesome. Amen, brother. Let's let's talk about that a little bit because you know, from the outside looking in, Shane, right? People see you, they see your exterior, and yeah, you're yeah. you're a badass, right? You're yatted, you're beating <laughs> you're beating people up, you know. The you, biggest teddy bear ever. Bro. You you sent me a you sent me a video that you had to go get stitches real quick from earlier this morning <laughs> because you were rolling with Marab, who is arguably the best in the world right yes. now. We'll see what shout happens when Marab. he shout out to Marab when he That's when he man. when he goes for the belt, um, hopefully soon, but. You know, from the outside looking in, you seem so strong, and obviously you're you're working in something that people respect. You know, I'm a big MMA, specifically UFC fan. It's like the one sport that I actually follow, um, and I think part of the reason why so many people have been attracted to it and why UFC has blown up because it's something that 99% of the people wouldn't be willing to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, you look at baseball, you look at football, you look at the other sports, be like, man, if I had the talent, I would probably do that. You know, right, I could hit a ball sure. or do all these things. But when you look at fighting and you see not just the actual fight, but the weight cuts and the training regimens, like not many people would be like, sign me the F up for that. Yeah. So I think that's why so many people respect it, but you being vulnerable and having your own inner battle as a fighter, um, not just in terms of the physical fighting, but can you talk a little bit about as a man, what it actually takes to overcome something that is super challenging, like an addiction, or not even to that extreme, but a depression or some type of funk. I think it would be very helpful for a lot of the men out there. Yeah, man. Um, I think people have to understand that, you know, even we're in a, a profession, you know, like MMA, Jiu Jitsu, some like the most badass people in the world, like we're still human, right? It doesn't take away from the fact that we're, we're not fucking superheroes, right? Like, <clears throat> we go through shit just like everyone else, right? And unfortunately, some of us had to go through stuff that was a little bit harder than others, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're all human, you know what I mean? I think if you could, one thing that I had to do with myself, you know, and then obviously like I, I had help, like we could go back to like a support group and my family was, just understand that it's okay to be fucked up a little bit. Like nobody's perfect. Like mm -hmm. once I kind of accepted that like, man, I'm a, I'm a fucking addict. Like it is what it is. You know, there's certain things that I can't do. There's certain things I can do. You know what I mean? Like I know that for instance, I can't take fucking pain medication. You know what I mean? Like that's just something that I know I can't do. I don't even dabble with the fucking idea anymore because I know eventually one pill is going to turn into two, two pills are going to turn to three. And then I'm back to fucking smoking heroin and doing fentanyl. You know what I mean? I, my point is being, though, like, you just kind of have to accept what you are, right? And then if you don't like it, change it or stay the same. You know what I mean? It's, it's like a very clear thing that I kind of had to – I kind of had to understand and, and kind of get through myself, man. But, yeah, I feel like we're all human and it's okay to be a little fucked up. It's okay to have mental issues. It's okay to, like, deal with depression. But as long as you're – constantly trying to work on it and, and, and do better and be, you know, 1% better every day and, and, and change things, like, it's all good. 
what was what was the the reason that because in my profession I'm all about coaching and training and supporting people and helping them break mental barriers. Hey, you know, you've made 60K in a year. Let me help you make 100. And most of it's all mental. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to anything in life, I'm sure fighting is the same way. But whenever I see someone make a identity shift or a massive change in their life, it's typically because either the pain got so great where they had to make a shift or they were so inspired. I think as human beings, we either gravitate towards pleasure or run away from pain. What yeah. was it for you? Because I think it's important um, for people to understand this when making big changes in their life. What was that tipping point or that big reason to make you say, hey, enough is enough. I am sick of living my life this way. I am going to commit as hard as it is day in and day out to create this new life, this new identity, this new trajectory for my life and become a different person. Yeah, I think I think for me it was like hitting my rock bottom, right? And I feel like everyone, it's easy to get inspired, right? Like, you know, you could watch a YouTube video and wake up in the morning and be like, fuck man, I'm feeling inspired today. But then the next day it's all it's all gone. You know yeah. what I mean? But for, for me personally, it was my, my own rock bottom. And like my rock bottom was different from, you know, there's a lot of people that have a rock bottom. They're homeless. They're in the street. I never had to deal with any of that, you know, but I, I went to two rehabs and that second rehab um, was just kind of my rock bottom where I was like, I'm, I, you know, I got it. The first time I went to rehab, I got out and I was like, fuck, man, like, I can't believe I just got out of fucking rehab. Like the one place I never wanted to fucking be other than jail or dead was a fucking institution, you know, get out of there. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm, 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 I'm better now. I'm going to do everything right. And then I fuck up again and I relapse again. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? So I get out of my second rehab and I'm just like, something's got to, it's got to change, man. Like something's got to change. I can't keep doing this. I'm getting older. Right. I can't use the excuse. Like I'm fucking young anymore. I'm not early twenties anymore. Like I'm just trying things out. Yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? Like that shit is done. So yeah, I just, I was getting older, man. And it's just, yeah. Like how long do I want to keep fucking doing this? Running in this little, like that little rat wheel doing the same shit over and over, expecting different results, you know? It's insanity. It's insanity. So I was insane for so long. Still am a little fucked up, but we're, we're working on it. Hey, we're working on it. We're all human, right? <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, yeah. So it was just my own little rock bottom that I had to deal with. You know what I mean? Appreciate you getting vulnerable, yeah, man. Yeah, of course, bro. Shane, as a fighter, uh, this is more curious. Do you experience fear? Fuck yeah. All the time. Inside and outside the cage? All the time all the time and i think that's normal right i feel like if you're not experiencing like i still have days i go to the gym and i'm like a little fearful i'm like fuck man like this is rob may headbutt me yeah i might get in <laughs> rob's gonna look at me today and tell me it's smash time now we gotta go to war you know <laughs> but uh yeah man so it's 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 a it's a natural natural emotion that i think the biggest thing that i try to do nowadays man is feel feel my emotions because there was so long that I was running from them and I would use something to try to hide them or like, or, uh, you know, replace them, you know? So the, the days that I'm feeling fear or I'm, I'm, I'm going through these emotions, I, I really try to sit back and just like sit in them and, and, and know that if it's a shitty emotion, it's gonna pass. You know what I mean? They always do. Emotions, feelings, they, they, it always passes. Everything always passes. You know what I mean? So that's kind of been one thing that has helped me out dealing with like those kind of emotions. and. And then honestly, kind of like switching, like when I was going to fight last month, man, I was like, it helped out that like, I didn't have a six week camp. Like it was just kind of like, you know, the week of, I got a short notice fight. So I didn't really have to deal with like all the nerves leading up, you know, but instead of like, when someone asked me, how are you feeling? Instead of being like, man, I'm nervous. Like I would switch it and be like, I'm excited. You know, just kind of like that self-talk of like, man, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm excited today. I'm excited to fight. I'm not nervous. I'm excited. So I've just been trying to like switch up little, little things like that in my head, you know? That's huge, man. How much of the fight game, MMA, UFC, Jiu-Jitsu, is mental? 90% of it. 90% of it, man. 90%. Yeah. It's, 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 I don't want to say, maybe not 90, right? Obviously, there's a huge physical part of it, you know, um, spiritual part of it, mental part, everything plays a part, but yeah, like. 90% I would say mental because I, I say this because there's a, they're, they're guys that are in the gym that are fucking murderers Mur But then they step out there and all the lights hit them and then fucking the nerves get to them and they just crumble You know, but if they if they kept that same mentality of training and they took it to the fight Be fucking world champions. Yeah, you know what I mean, no, it's interesting because I, I follow the sport of MMA and to see who 
makes it, to see who performs under the pressure, to see the ups and downs of someone's career. The fight game's brutal. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's an individual sport. With the platform and MMA and UFC and, and what has evolved, it, it truly is a platform where you can change your life. Where 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when you first started, it was more of a passion. There wasn't really, I feel like, a, an actual career path. Right. So right. the fact that now the UFC is as big as it is, the platform you have, the Sean O'Malley's, the McGregor's, the Sterling's, all these people making life-changing mega superstar income from, the pressure's higher than ever, the talent's higher than ever. The competition is higher than ever. And I'd imagine the stress is higher than ever. Yeah. So what does it take in your experience? You've trained with champions, current champions, world champions, previous champions, like the, the top of the cream of the crop. Based on your experience training, working, coaching some of these guys, what does it actually take to be elite at this sport? Man, that's a really good question. I would say from the outside looking in, because I've, I've never, like, you know, I haven't fought on such a big stage, you know, like some of these guys have fought on. But I would say from the outside looking in, I would think it's their mentality and that, like, that self-talk. You know, even when I was training with Aljo before he fought Sean O'Malley, he was just uh, constantly, like, always putting positive things in his head or just saying them out loud. You know what I mean? Like, he was just constantly giving them that positive reinforcement. You know, and I feel like... There's been other people that I've coached, you know, I'm not going to say names, but they're they're the biggest head case during fight week, and they're just, just completely negative, right? They're just they're shitting on themselves. They're like, I'm not ready. I'm going to get fucking smited. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And for me, I feel like that's the difference of if you're going to be a champion, not even champion, but if you're even just going to do good in the sport, man, you're going to go, you're going to win a couple fights in UFC, like that mentality of like, nah, I belong here. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show that I belong here, you know? I feel like that that that's such a huge thing, man. Just that mentality and that self talk is huge, man. You know, because we're in it, like the sport, it's stressful. You know, like who the fuck wants to sign up and fucking fight someone in a couple weeks? It's fucking wild. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know. That it's just that's that's my uh, that's my experience dealing with like the, these elite level guys. You know. Yeah. Do you do you want to be in the UFC chain? Is that a goal of yours? Um. Yes. Yes, that's one of those things. Like, I don't want to, I don't ever want to uh, look back and be like, fuck, I could have done it, you know, because I know I can. But, you know, even with me, man, like, it's, it's fighting fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> it fucking <laughs> sucks, man. Winning is the best, right? When you win, best fucking feeling in the world, man. Everything leading up until that, complete bullshit. Complete bullshit, dude. <laughs> you know, the weight cut, the fucking. It's, the training, the injuries, right? Just, it's rough. It's rough. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, eventually I, w I would love to. I would love to. You know what I mean? I would love to. Without uh, without sharing too much of the sauce, is there any specific rituals or routines or superstitious practices that you have leading up into a fight? No. I used to have these one like Spider-Man underwear, man, that I would wear fucking all the time, dude. Like weighing in. I don't know what the fuck happened when they got old. <laughs> But they were like my lucky, lucky Spider-Man underwear, dude. <laughs> kind of be weird if you're still wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> Since like middle school, dude. Uh, yeah. you, you talked about how winning, because I can imagine, you know, especially um, doesn't matter what level, you know, amateur, professional or a championship fight. It seems like winning, putting that much preparation, probably like any type of sport. And then you, you make it to the stage and you end up winning. How does losing feel? Because I talk a lot about on failure and how people have a misconception when it comes to failure and failing, you know, is only failing if you quit. But losing an MMA fight, not just the physical damage, but the emotional damage, the mental damage, the damage to the confidence and belief of your career. Like, how does someone bounce back from a loss? And what lessons have you learned over your career when it comes to losing? Um, so I've had one loss, right, when I was an amateur against, uh, I see my boy Jordan Levitt. Um, Who's now in the UFC. He was now in the UFC. He's fucking doing great, man. Doing doing awesome. But, uh, yeah, I think for me, losing sucks. Even if I lose a jiu-jitsu, man, like, it's it's losing sucks. Because, you, you, you know, up until the, the fight or the match, like you have this perception of yourself, like I'm, I'm gonna, I can't be stopped. Like I'm gonna fucking run through anyone. I can't be fucking stopped. So you build yourself up, 
And then, you know, when it happens and you take a loss, it's like, who the fuck am I? Like, I just built myself up to be this fucking animal. And then I just, this dude smashed me. You know what I mean? But I always say you have to have, like, short-term memory, mm. right? Even with winning, right? Because, like, winning is fucking amazing. And it's, it's the best feeling in the world. But it's the best feeling in the world for two days. And then everyone goes back to their fucking life. Everyone forgets. You forget. You know what I mean? And then it's just back on to, to the next one. Same thing has to be same thing has to be done with the loss. You know, you're allowed to kind of sit in your loss for a little bit, see what you did wrong, but eventually you got a short-term memory, get the fuck up and then on to the next one. Onward and upward. You know what I mean? I think that advice could be applied to anything, not just not just fighting. For sure. For sure, man. Too many people dwell in their W's or their wins. Um, which could just as be as detriment as your losses. You know, yep. I've seen so many people um, in my business or just in life who will make a lot of money or they'll have a big win, they'll crush it in sales one month, and then, you know, they'll go and celebrate and do all these things, and then it seems like they just lose all that momentum yeah. and they're never able to get back. Right, right. And it's like, why? Why not crush it that next month? Why not crush it that month after? Why not, you know what I mean, keep that momentum going? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a... Uh, I don't know if you're a Batman fan at all, but in the uh, the Dark Knight, the one against Bane, there's a scene in there where I specifically remember it was Batman facing Bane for the first time. He's heard about this scary, muscly dude, and he's Batman, so he's coming in there, kind of like most fighters, super confident, ready to rock and roll. He you know, throws a punch, Bane catches him, and then punches him. He's like, oh shit, this dude's strong. So he shoots the light out, and he's like, you know, Bane's like, you were you were crafted in the dark and I was born in the dark. <laughs> and he fucks him up. And then at the end of the scene, I thought it was really powerful. He looks at Batman as he's like beaten down and demoralized. He said, victory has defeated you. Victory has defeated you. All your previous wins, all your previous ventures, thinking you're big, bad Batman, that is the reason why you are losing this battle right now. Love it. Love it. Powerful stuff. Uh, is that when he broke his back? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh fuck it! I gotta go back and watch that. <laughs> yeah, what a no. Great fucking movie. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, Shane, let's talk about mentorship. Um, and you know, you're a coach uh, to many different people. Brazilian jiu-jitsu mentorship. Obviously, you've always had Jerry in your corner, your mm -hmm. older brother, who yeah. is on a similar trajectory. Tell me about your journey in MMA and jiu-jitsu and the mentors that you've had and now being on the other side of the coin and being able to mentor other people. Yeah, man. So, yeah, like you said, uh, having my brother just be with me. I mean, that that, that he's been like my uh, my therapist, my, my mentor, my uh, whatever else, man. Yeah, he, he's 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 been amazing. Obviously, I've had my dad, too, and, like, you know, my coach, Sim, that gave me my black belt, like, being speaking on, like, uh, on the mat especially like having those guys there saved my life you know um but yes yeah, kind of being on the other side now trying to mentor it's it's a uh, i'm not going to say it's easy right but uh it has its like fulfilling days you know and like i could look at the mat you know and and, and a lot of this is like my my brother has kind of made this kind of like uh it, it what it is because he's such a phenomenal coach right like he's been coaching forever and he he, he understands jiu-jitsu at a different level than i do um but when we could look at the mat you know on on, on, on a wednesday night and there's like 80 80 plus people it's like fuck man like you know got to be doing something right you know what i mean but uh yeah man I, as far as like mentorship goes and coaching you know like i i love it I really do. I just I, I I feel like there's a part of me that is still uh still has like that like I'm an athlete still. Right? right. Like my brother kinda has like he's the coach. And my brother still competes, but he he kinda has more of that like coaching figure. You know, with, with me I still feel like I'm kinda like I'm an athlete and I still wanna kinda be part of a team, you know what I mean? Even though it's like obviously shot bros, you know, but uh yeah, it's different. I just feel like I'm still kind of I'm trying to learn still how to kind of go about like the coaching and the whole mentor thing, and it's a, it's a whole different side of things. It's a whole different side of things, man. It's interesting you you say that because, at least in my business that I can relate it to, it's like okay, you become a good salesperson first. You go out there, you crush it, you show it to yourself and to your team and people that you're mentoring that you can do it, and then you step into a mentorship role. So. I think it's interesting. You guys done such a good job building that program because yeah. that was when Syndicate started. 
were you guys the original jujitsu program? Did you? No, no, no. Yeah, no. We uh, when when I think after COVID or like during COVID when we got offered the position, um, you know they had old, the old location syndicate, and then we moved to our newer one on like Rainbow and Sunset, and then that's when we kind of took over the program and we got to the newer location. But yeah, we weren't always uh, yeah, we weren't always there. What did that look like, like starting a brand new program? Obviously, you didn't start with 80 people. And I went to a few of the classes. Mm. I hyperextended my elbow the first second day. I was like, I'm going to stick to kickboxing. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you hyperextended your elbow. I didn't really hyperextend it, but I was feeling it. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll just start punching and not get punched. (laughs) Um, But yeah, talk to us a little bit about how that program grew so fast. I think, again, I'm not a super MMA guy. I think Syndicate is if not the best uh, MMA gym in Vegas, and Vegas is the fight capital of yeah, the yeah. country, which is why you attract so many world champions. The Apex is literally three minutes from Syndicate and three minutes from yeah, here. for sure. So talk to us about how you and Jerry built that program, because I think it's viable to anyone looking to build an organization or any type of business. Yeah, I think I think the only thing that me and Jerry did, man, was was be ourselves, right? And especially like with, with in, in Jiu-Jitsu, man, there's so much like... Uh, not like fake shit going on, but like the the how we came up at, at our at you know at our old location at our old gym was like you you come, you train, you talk shit with the boys, you laugh, you go home right like that that's at, at the same time you're getting better at jujitsu don't get me but like that's kind of how we we ran our program you know like when we first started it we're like all right we're gonna kind of run it how it was getting ran, but not making it so like. Like there's some gyms that are just like you come in, you, you you're quiet, you drill, you shut up, you know. Like we didn't want to make it like that. We wanted to like brotherhood, sisterhood. Yeah, are, we're gonna come in, fucking laugh, you know. It's all fucking hang out. Like we're here to being on the jujitsu mat is supposed to be your getaway from life. It's supposed to be like your little escape for just that hour and a half to just fucking forget about bills, forget about all this other shit going on in your life. So that's what we really wanted to make it like, you know, that way. You know, come to the gym. Hang out, fucking roll, laugh. The same time we're getting better, you know. Um, so I think us kind of just being ourselves, man, kind of like helped 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 that program grow a lot. What was it about jujitsu that got you so attracted to it? Because your your background was wrestling. You obviously know how to punch people, but what about it was jujitsu that you really wanted to double down on that specific skill? I think because it was so hard, man. It was hard. Like, really, it was fucking hard. And then there was, like, you know, I remember going to, like, a class when I was, like, 14, man, and there was this, like, there was this girl in there that was fucking destroying me. And I was like, dude, I, like, there's no, I can't live like this. I can't fucking live like, you know what I mean? Is this girl Megan? I think it was Megan Anderson. Megan, right? yeah, yeah. She Megan was Anderson. Fucking people up in she middle school. Dude. Fucking animal, bro. I'm shocked she's not in the USC. Dude. She uh, you still she, talk to her? Not 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 no. a lot, man. Yeah, not a lot. I, th- I think I have her on Instagram, man. But uh, yeah, dude, she could have been fucking for sure in the UFC. But yeah, I remember going and being like, Jesus Christ, man, like this is unreal. You know what I mean? And that's just at fourteen. Like I couldn't imagine like being a grown man and like coming in the gym and this fucking girl's fucking destroyed me. You know what I mean? Like holy shit. Um. But but yeah, and just learning the art, man. Just like the art has always been so beautiful to me, man. You know what I mean? Just like. Learning to, con- I know jiu-jitsu is violent, but like learning to kind of control someone like in a non-violent way, if you had to also, like in the street, you know what I mean? Let's say someone's getting crazy or somebody's hitting a girl, you know, like you don't want to fucking punch them, knock them out, he hits his head, now you're going to jail, so you just take them down, maybe put them asleep, put them in a choke, just something, you know what I mean? Just something. It's always been just like beautiful in that sense to me, you know what I mean? Joe Rogan had a quote on a podcast that really inspired me to double down on, you know, just MMA and just learning how to fight. He said, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a garden in a war. And that quote hit me like a ton of bricks because right now, I don't know about you, but it feels like there's this attack on masculinity. There's this attack on, you know, as much as the UFC and MMA is starting to blow up as a sport, I think the majority of people are definitely getting more soft than hard. Oh, fuck yeah. 100%. Why do you think that is? Oh, dude, I don't. I, I think it goes back to fucking social media again, man. I, I really do. I feel like we're like the men are getting like perceived like like have to be this certain way, and maybe like women are pushing towards it more. Like they don't want like I don't know like being masculine is toxic now. Some bullshit. I I don't know. I fuck it. I don't know, man. I don't know. 
It's weird. It, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. But I guess I, women want pussies now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nowadays. <laughs> hey, you are what you attract, I guess. <laughs> In terms of jiu-jitsu, man, what I've found always super just fascinating about the sport is the process of getting belts. You start as a white belt, mm. you go through a massive decade process, multiple decade process to get black belt, second degree, third degree. What have you learned from that process? Because I think jujitsu is a lot like life. You know, yeah, you start yeah. as a beginner in anything you do and you have to devote yourself. And as you continue to level up process, and I'm sure it's not just the actual skill set, it's about how you develop as a man, as a person, as a human being that relays into the skill set. But can you touch on a little bit of the process of going from a beginner to a black belt and how that impacted not just your jujitsu? profession but also your 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 life yeah so i think with anything in life right you you get what you kind of give right same thing with jiu-jitsu man like for example uh our boy Corey, uh real good purple man like he he's this kid's a like been training less i want to say maybe less than three years but is a fucking sponge and like he's always willing to learn he's always willing to come in and, and drill and constantly asking questions um, he competes a lot, you know, and because he's doing these things, he's leveling up so fucking quick, man. And like normal, like I think like a normal average for, for a black belt is like 10 to 12 years. This kid's going to be a fucking black belt. I 1000% less than 10. You know what I mean? 1000% just because, like I said, he, he, he does all the right things and he's just a good student, man. And, and there's guys that have been training for 10 years, 12 years that are still purple belts, still blue belts. You know, but just because they don't give, they don't give to jujitsu as much, you know, as like, as they can, you know, and maybe that's life, maybe they got other shit going on, and, you know, that's everyone's on a different journey, right? And that's the another beautiful thing about jujitsu is it's not, it's not about the belts, right? Like if you're doing this for for forever and you really love it, the black belt's gonna come, you know what I mean? It's just, I think everyone just gets so caught up in like I want I want to be like a, a like a prodigy and I want that shit in less than 10 or less than seven kind of thing like that. But yeah, I don't know. I, for me, I think being able to get like a black belt and like devoting yourself to something. Cause I, man, I was training like twice a day for years. Man, like I was on a heavy grind, you know, before I got my black belt. Um, but that it just kind of like, it let me know that if I can apply whatever I did on the mat to get a black belt, if I can do that, with shit outside of my life that I could fucking do anything. Which, I'm like I said, I'm not perfect. There's still so much shit that I, I don't apply, you know what I mean? Which I, I still can be better at, but yeah, I don't know. I just know that how hard it is to get a black belt, you know, everything else is not easy. But it's that mentality, man. I, I agree with you. Again, you know, I, I relate a lot about your journey to my journey, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not punching people or getting punched. I'm knocking on doors and selling right, right. shit. Um, but it's so similar, man, because I went through a lot of hard things as well, different challenges, different dedicated. I've been doing this direct sales thing for 12 years, 11, 12 years. And similar, you go through certain challenges, you hit certain milestones, you do what you thought was impossible at first, and it changes you, it yeah. evolves you. You're attached to a specific vehicle, a specific craft, a specific skill set, and it's not you increasing your skill set, it's almost like that skill set increases your life. Yes. yes. And when you can really dedicate yourself to something unconditionally and sacrifice time, energy, partying with your old friends, cutting off your old association, making sacrifices. It, it turns you into a different person. Yeah. And there's no going back from that. And then you can take that new evolved version of Shane, Steven, whoever, and go and do whatever you want with your life. I agree. And I think that goes back to kind of what you're saying about like our, some of like certain friends in high school. And I don't feel like a lot of them have had that like where I'm gonna grind for something for like, you know, this amount of years, and then they get that reward of like, oh fuck, like it paid off. Or like, you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of, they haven't had that, so they're just kind of stuck in that paycheck to paycheck kind of living life. Scary. Yeah, fuck that, dude. Fuck that. Let me ask you something though, when, with, with as far as like your career goes, like what made you kind of decide like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the sales thing and I'm gonna take it to the next level? 
So I was exposed to entrepreneurship uh, right after I dropped out of college. So I quickly knew that college wasn't the route that I wanted to go because I looked around and I saw my professor, I saw my fraternity brothers, I saw people that either graduated college or were giving me advice that didn't have the results I want. And I'm grateful I learned from an early age that people can't teach you something if they haven't experienced it themselves. So I always knew I wanted to go create success or go pursue something. I just never had the vehicle. And then a buddy of mine hit me up about this thing uh, that you can work on your own terms, you can make as much money as you want, you can grow as a person and as an individual. And it was just so different than what everyone else was painting. I grew up thinking the only way you can be successful is to be a lawyer, be a doctor, go work a job and hopefully go get promoted, retire, maybe go to Hawaii once or twice with your wife and, and that was your life. And I saw my parents always struggling paycheck to paycheck, not making any money, always worried and had fear about bills. And like we were talking about earlier, I think human beings are either, you know, run away from pain or run to pleasure. And right. I had a lot of pain I was running from financially and a lot of pleasure that I wanted to alleviate that pain. So I think it was sales, direct sales was just the vehicle that I saw at the moment that could check a lot of the boxes, yeah, living life yeah. on my own terms, not having to conform to a normal nine to five job. And luckily, I was exposed to it from an early age. I got a lot of shit from it. You know, I did network marketing for three years, made no money, get a real job, Steven, what are you doing? You effing loser. Like, you think you can be successful? You dropped out of college. And for some reason, I just listened to my own inner voice versus all the other noise. And, you know, four years in, oh, wow, this is actually doing these. Five years in, six years. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it just pays <laughs> off, man. It, and I think yeah. it just comes down to getting clear on what you want. Uh, being surrounded with a support system. I always had good people around me that were on a similar journey and trajectory and just not willing to give up on something that you actually believe in. For sure. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very grateful. You know, very grateful. I see a lot of people that are struggling, that are trying to figure out what they want to do in their life, that went to college and not against college. There's nothing wrong with college. But if you're going to college just because your friend, your mom, your pastor told you to go to college, like yeah. you shouldn't be going to college. You for should sure. only go to college if you actually have a passion for what you do. And uh, the issue is that's a that's a important four years of your life. You know, you graduate high school, you're kicked into the real world, and the system then tells you you should go dedicate four <laughs> prime years of your life to this facility to hopefully teach you how to go learn how to make money and go get a job. And the issue is, as you know, Shane, people come out of this four-year infrastructure in debt, knows nothing about real-life skills because they weren't working. Maybe they were working a job to pay, but they weren't actually learning a skill set or developing a career. And then they come out at 22, 23 years old feeling like they've been lied to and don't know what the fuck to do. Right. And right. then they start having kids. And then you know they start getting responsibilities and rent. And then you get stuck. And the issue about getting stuck is... You know, when you're young and you're nimble and you don't have many responsibilities, you can pivot, you can shift, you can be like, damn, this isn't working, let me go try this. But when you have responsibilities, when you have other people depending on you, you start to lose a little bit of that belief that you could actually go create something out yeah, of this yeah, life, yeah. and then you end up conforming. And it's an awful place to be. Yeah, miserable. Yeah. What a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the UFC, man. Uh, I feel like what's been happening in MMA is super, super cool. Like like we kind of touched on mm. when, you know, when you first got into fighting, it was not nearly as big as it is. And now the platform is is massive. You know, it's one of the most explosive sports in the world right now, creating so many different success stories. What do you think it was about UFC that really took this sport to the next level? Was it a timing thing? Was it a Dana thing? What do you think it was from the outside looking in that really blew this platform up to the level that it is today? Man, I think it's the way they kind of went about it with, like, the whole, uh, I mean, obviously it was before they signed the whole Reebok, all those deals, but, like, actually making it into kind of like a, a sport, mm. kind of like, you know, like a household kind of thing. Cause, you know, when it first kind of started, it was just kind of like, what the fuck is this, man? Cage fighting. It was just fucking this cage fighting. Yeah, I was like, well, it's not normal, you know? But I think them trying to, like, make it into kind of like a, like I said, a household, kind of like football, NBA, the UFC now, it's, it's I mean, it's it's a it's a household Name right, so 
I think I think they did a really good job about doing it. That that was like the smartest thing I feel like they could have done, man. You have that whole like I mean not necessarily a Reebok, but just making everything look more more professional. You know what I mean? And in, in, in like the, the eyes of regular people, I guess. It doesn't just look like fucking two guys going in there and cockfighting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what uh what opportunity do you think that platform now did for fighters because i'd, I'd oh have to imagine God. that it it opened up a glass ceiling for people to be like man this is something that i like you know maybe i'm not good enough to be a basketball player i'm not fast enough to be a football player but fighting something that i've done my whole life and something that i'm passionate about whether it's jujitsu or uh, kickboxing muay thai now being able to apply those skills in a platform where you can really make life-changing not just income, but publicity and yeah. the platform. How do you think that evolved just the sport of MMA in general? I, fuck, man. I mean, look at like Connor, right? Like he, I mean, I, he's like a huge, it's a big example, but to win, you know, two titles and in, in, in two different weight divisions. And, but even just to get his name out, right? To get as big as he did and then branch off, do his whiskey thing. Right now he has income from that. And now, like, let's say even just, you know, Colby Covington, for example. Right, he's got a fucking personality on him. Like, let's say fighting didn't work, but now UFC is kind of entangled with WWE, and now they got another platform to kind of fucking go off of. So it's like all these little things that I just don't have to be a fighter nowadays. You know, like I don't have to depend on that. I could, I could have like a little persona, win a couple fights, and then maybe go branch off to something else. It's, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't how, know. How important is developing your personal brand in the 21st century's fight game? Yeah, everything. I think it's fucking everything. Because there's guys like, I mean, there's not necessarily, I don't want to say any of them, but like Bellator, you know, and again, I don't want to say any names, but they're fucking murderers, but they have zero personality. It's like you need a little something. You know, you have to have, especially in the century where everything's on social media nowadays, right? Like it's just, you can't go, I mean, you can, but it's, it's it looks better if you go out there and you smash a guy and you talk a little bit of shit rather than smashing them and just kind of being like, oh, okay, you know, thank you. You know, like everyone wants to see a little personality. You know, it's, it is what it is nowadays. Yeah, you know, it's the entertainment business, right? Exactly, exactly. It's the new WWE. <laughs> just real life. <laughs> it's just real life. Most of the time, hopefully. <laughs> I see you. Uh, I see you. I mean, we talked about this before you came on, but you've really been stepping your game up with putting out consistent content mm. and working on your personal brand. What advice would you give to anyone, fighters, MMA? Because the whole reason I started this podcast, I make zero dollars from this. You know, I spend a decent amount, you know, finding people, preparing. Obviously, I have costs for the space and for the production. I make zero dollars because I believe, one, that adding value to people will only end up with good things. Right. But two, that personal brand is something that is extremely important. And regardless of the sport, the industry, that's something that you can leverage onto bigger things. So for fighters out there, social media, do you have any advice for maybe new fighters or people getting into the space? I just think post what you want, man. <laughs> like, who gives a fuck what people think? You know what I mean? Like people are going to talk shit whether you post something good, whether you post something shitty, whether you're doing this, whether you're doing that. I mean, just fucking post what you want you know what i mean like and, and and that's the thing too it doesn't have to be fake right post your fucking life and then you know I, I i really feel like it's it's i've been a little bit better on social media because of that reason like i used to be kind of like i don't want to post this because maybe someone's going to think something weird or but I, who gives a fuck i just like fuck everybody you know what i mean do things for you and that's it the right people are gonna the, you're gonna attract the right people you know what i mean so that'd be my advice I love it, man. Back to jujitsu before we wrap up. I know, obviously, jujitsu has changed your life, changed a lot of people's lives. Can you walk us through the experience of you getting your black belt, but also you giving your first black belt? Yeah, so getting my black belt was, uh, was really, uh, I'm trying to find the best word for it, man. Definitely one of the biggest moments for sure because I feel like I had finally like accomplished something that was like greater than myself in in a sense, man. Like I was putting in so much work for this thing, and it was like finally there. You know what I mean? It was like uh, I could like almost equate it to like it, let's say you made your first like mill, you know, and you're like fuck, dude. I, I've been grinding so fucking hard, and now I got that first mill in the bank. Don't know what that's like. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe fucking one day. You know what I mean? But. That same kind of like, damn, it's fi I fucking finally got it. It's finally here, you know. Um, same, same, 
same feeling, man. You know, I still remember the feeling when I was like on the mat and then, uh, yeah, my coach pulled out the belt and then he like threw it to me. He was like, oh, we're going to promote Shane. And then like my whole, I didn't even know my whole family was there at the time and everyone just kind of walked in. It was just like a big, like, oh, fuck, like if I'm finally here, you know what I mean? I'm finally got my black belt, which we're all like the, that's when it really starts. Like jujitsu is like when you get your, that's when like the shit kind of, all the fun starts, you know? Um, but yeah, given our first black belt, um, there hasn't really been like we've given black we've given a black belt, right? But there hasn't really been someone that like we've brought up from like white to black. You know what I mean? Organic. So I, I, I can't really say like how it how it is to to give someone a black belt. You know that because it's just different. I don't know. It, it's it's hard to explain. It's different when when it's someone that you've raised. You know, from the mat, from a white belt to black, just it's it's just it's different. And me and my brother haven't really got that yet. You know, obviously there's a couple people on the way, but yeah, I can't really speak on how it felt to give a, a black belt because I really haven't given given a black yet. You know, but even just like giving other belts, like blue belts, purple, brown, like seeing someone come to the gym every day, put in work, competing. And they, and they have their own shit going on in life, right? But they're still willing to show up. They're still willing to put in work. They're still willing to be good. Good students, help out other people. Like, that's fulfilling alone when you get to give someone that next belt. When they're like, fuck, man. Like, especially when they think they're just showing up for no goddamn reason. Like, what am I even doing this for, you know? And then you finally hit them with that promotion. They're like, fuck, man, thank you. Like, it, this, this is all worth it now, you know? So that, that's, like, a really fulfilling thing that I, I'd love. You know what I mean? It's awesome, man. I love. What can the audience expect in the fight game from Shannon Shapiro in the future? Um, a lot of madness. A lot of fucking madness. So be ready. I don't want to spoil too much, but you guys be prepared. It's going to be fucking... It's going to be wild. Wild, baby! Well, Can't wait. I'll be tuning in, man. <laughs> Shane, you've been awesome, brother. Can't I really wait. appreciate you coming on. Of course, uh, last question for you. This one uh, will probably get you thinking a little bit eight inches <laughs> in my dreams dude let me edit that on my notes <laughs> my, my last question for you the shane shapiro today the badass black belt overcoming adversity and challenges and everything that you've been through in the last 30 31 years if that shane today could give advice to the shane that i met in middle school just getting started trying to figure out where he is in the world what would that advice be a deep question man oh man I would probably tell him to stick stay close to the family and uh, don't be so like impressionable that's what I would tell him don't be so impressionable just be you be you don't try to make anyone happy focus on making you happy Sounds advice. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. For uh, those that want to either connect with you online or want to come check out Syndicate or your program, where could uh, where could people find you? Yeah, so Syndicate, we're right on uh, Sunset and Rainbow, right in the little shopping center, Greens and Proteins. I don't know the exact uh, the exact. Uh, they could Google it. Yeah, you can fucking Google it, man. <laughs> come on, I get fucking hit too much. I don't know the fucking location. Sunset Rainbow, <laughs> Syndicate MMA, and. Uh, yeah, we got jujitsu, man. Uh, every day of the week, morning, nights. So if you guys want to come down, try it out. We'd love to have you guys. And uh, yeah, That's appreciate it, you, man. brother. Of course, bro. Thank it was, you. It was a man, pleasure, bro. guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hopefully, you got some value and were entertained. As always, appreciate you guys, and we will see you on the next episode.